This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now, here's Jupe and Vigo. Welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 181. Ten years going, Beegs. Going strong. That's how we do it here. Yeah. It's been fun. It's it's hard to believe how quickly that time passes. <sighs> Tell me about it. We're getting old, Beegs. <laughs> well, the, the, our last two shows, we've had first-time guests. You know, we had Pat McAlady, we had Wally Shaver, and now we're bringing in a guy... We've seen around the rank the last few years uh, at Mariucci. Randy Johnson from the Star Tribune. Randy, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. This should be fun. I'm uh, looking forward to talking a little hockey and uh, you know picking your guys' brains too. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I mean, uh, we've seen quite a few people come and go at the U. I, I, I must say, the most <laughs> entertaining may have been Roman Augustovitz. Um, well, it was just, for us, it was just a miracle. We, we were waiting for his pants to fall down and it just, they just don't seem to fall down. It was just a okay. miracle. <laughs> and you giggle cause you're, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's Roman. Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your background? How did you get, how'd you get sent over and, and on the gopher hockey duty a few years ago? Well, you know, I, I've been at the star tribune, uh, since 2000. Um, uh, before that I was at the Pioneer press for five years, but, from basically um, 2000 to the summer 2017, I was on the on the copy and layout desk working that. I I was doing a lot of the hockey stuff. Basically, hockey and uh, football uh, were my main two things. Um, things uh, opened up where I was able to get the Gophers football beat uh, in the summer of uh, 2017, and along with that went the hockey, and um, which you know I'm thir- I've thoroughly enjoyed. I've I've, I've followed college hockey, you know, since, since basically went my college days, basically. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it turned out pretty good. And then, um, in uh, a year later, we started, uh, puck drop our, uh, um, email newsletter mm-hmm. and web. And that's basically, I'm the producer of that, which I pretty much do a little bit of everything on there, write, edit, um, you know, coordinate and all that. And, uh, so it's, it's going pretty good. It, it, What's involved in that too is uh, a lot of a lot of college hockey coverage. You know, we we found that um, that's one area where we were probably probably needed to to punch it up a bit, and I think we've done a nice job doing that. We've not only hit the Gophers but the uh, the other uh, schools in the state quite a bit, and it, it had a good time when you, know, you look at right now. You got four of the top six ranked teams in the country for, from uh, Minnesota, so it's pretty good. And I'll throw a plug out for our, for our um, email newsletter. It's uh, uh, startribune.com slash puck drop sign up. So it's a free newsletter comes into your email box. Um, I'm going to have one tomorrow, basically uh, once or twice a week, depending on the week. And then we'll wrap it up uh, state tournament time. We, we've done it maybe three or four times a week. Uh, so it's uh, right around noon, right? Yeah. You, I try to shoot for it at noon. I mean, that was more based on, uh, you know, downtown people in line to get mm-hmm. their burrito. Whatever for lunch, you know they got their 
mobile mobile device out. Well, you know, not as many people downtown in line anymore. People at home. Um, so you know, we've, it's it's a little more flexible. But uh, like a couple of weeks ago, we uh, waited for some news to, to break, which did, and then went went probably an hour or two later than usual. So it's 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 pretty flexible there. How has your adjustment been for COVID? I mean, we were talking before we went on the air here how you had so many interviews today, but you weren't probably going driving all over town to get those interviews. You were probably on your laptop yeah. doing a Zoom meeting. So it's yeah. a different world. Sure is. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I kind of miss being at the uh, rink. Mm-hmm. Uh, off, you know, not not very often now. Actually, I haven't been in Mariucci except for games so far uh, this year. Uh, you know, there's just no access right now. Um, now that, that'll change, I suppose. You know, maybe high schools, things like that. We'll, we'll do some things there. Um, the funny thing, it, it was um, the whole – when everything shut down last March, uh, it was a weird situation for me because uh, back in early uh, January, I had shoulder surgery, so I was out for six weeks. Um, you know, Deutsch was well, – Brian Deutsch, the SID, the girlfriend, um, was quite happy that I wasn't there because he thought <laughs> early in the season. And then I saw you in the club room one night. Yeah. yeah. Beer in one yeah. hand, sling in the other. Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah, basically, uh, uh, Hey, I might know this year or, you know, um, hey, that's but great anyway, if you ask uh, me. <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe it was your so, uh, surgery that turned things around for the program. I think I, we I should think share so, that yeah. with Bob next time we see him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but when I got back, uh, I got back in uh, mid-February, and then, you know, less than a month later, basically, boom, season shut down. So it's like I, it, I had kind of like been on a shelf and sequestered at home for a while there to begin the uh, begin the year, and then since then, it's like okay, get, getting to know your house a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I, I finally spruced up my office behind me, um, just because I was getting sick of looking at what was there before too. Um, but you know, on to the team, uh, Viggs, the last time we left, they was six and zero heading into Michigan and, and boy, uh, they went and took care of Michigan, even though, uh, each team was missing quite a few star players. Yeah. I think when we first looked at that weekend on the schedule, it was going to be a really important weekend for the big 10. You know, you look at the talent on Minnesota and Michigan's rosters, it looks like it's the best in the league. And the way Michigan was playing to start the year, it's like, oh, this is going to be something. And then because USA Hockey bumped up their camp date with the quarantine starting earlier, all the players that we were expecting to play in that series all had to leave their teams and go to Ann Arbor. So they were just a couple minutes away quarantining, but they missed the series. And it was going to be curious what what Minnesota was able to do, losing their top three defensemen who seem to be puck-moving defensemen, and that's been the key for them this year is transitioning really quickly into their offensive game. And I was worried going in how it was going to look, <laughs> and they they played smart hockey. I know Garrett Raboyne talked with Jess Myers this week, and he said, you know, a lot of people think we're this fancy high-scoring team. We're not. We're a four-check, back-check team that that wins on a lot of effort and special teams and I think we saw that in Michigan and on top of that goaltending Jack LaFontaine went went back to his uh, first school and he really stood on his head that second night he did Randy and uh, 
you were with uh, with me when we were watching uh, Lafontaine getting interviewed after that game, and uh, yes. it, uh, he was so emotional. And you know, it, you don't see that a lot. I, I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was I was surprised, you know. That yes, it caught, it caught me off guard. I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, he's he's re- this moment is really him, and. I imagine it's just the uh, all he went through over over the years. Mm-hmm. He didn't pound Michigan the way he wanted it to. Ends up going up at the uh, Penticton and you know working his way back, and now working his way to the to where he's you know basically a top goal in the number one team in the country. It's and that being possibly his last appearance at Yost too. Had to play into it quite a bit. Yeah, and Viggs he gave up one goal on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, he played outstanding. It wasn't. He's had some easy weekends, I think, so mm-hmm. far, where he hasn't been tested a whole lot, maybe a couple of rushes here and there. But in that Michigan series, he was tested quite a bit, and he answered the bell. And anyone who's been around the team since he's been on the roster knows that he's a go-to guy. Mm-hmm. If you want to get the pulse of the team or something, he's a great guy to talk to. He's very articulate, very smart. He wants to be a, a freelance writer after school while he pursues his pro hockey career. And he's got a lot of the intangibles to do that. Well, it was it was it was refreshing to see it. You know, we all were kind of taken aback by it. Um, uh, but uh, boy, um, you know, you know, we've we've seen uh, uh, we've seen a few players come along the last few years. Um, like I, I think of a Justin Cluse. You know, he would go and swear at a post game because he really cared. And you could tell that uh, LaFontaine uh, really appreciates how he was taken in on this team. And, you know, he even put in his his time, you know. Or what, Viggs, I think you've said a few times that he was helping, you know, the, the, the freshmen with, the, with all the gear and stuff last year. And then they're like, well, you, you don't need to do that. But he wanted to be part of the team. And the team really did accept him in, Viggs. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy who wants to pay his dues and earn respect however he can do it whether it's staying late after practice when he first got to the team to give the shooters a look, uh, working extra with the goalie coaches, helping out, you know, with the bags on the bus and picking up pucks. You know, he's a guy who wants to be a good teammate and you can see it really matters to him. And he, he deflects a lot of his uh, glory onto his teammates, always commenting how good they are at blocking shots, how they keep, you know, the puck at the other end of the ice and it makes his job a lot easier. And, this is a locker room that's got a lot of good things going for it right now. I don't know if that's something we've seen a whole lot in the past decade. You know, this isn't a team where it's 21 Ubers or whatever, but you know, <laughs> there's definitely been some separation at times over the last couple of years. And this team does seem pretty tight right now. And Randy, and like, as a reporter, Randy, you got to love LaFontaine because he gives good quotes. Yeah. He, he's, he's a go-to on that. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, early in the season, he, Describing uh, Ben Myers as, as a silverback, you know, just <laughs> the, way, the way he's uh, uh, pushing up, doing uh, 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 push-ups and stuff in the uh, in the off season and everything. So yeah, it, and you've, you've you've really seen how you know Bob's talked a lot about how much he likes this team. That he's going back to last year yeah. and personalities, players, and that's really coming through this year. As you know, last year I think we saw a little bit of the humor, a little bit of the goofiness. He'll talk about this year. We're seeing. Parts of that still, but then the, you know, these guys are serious about winning, um, you know, and it probably took a little bit of um, time for that to come out last year. 
you know, they took their lumps in that pretty tough uh, non-conference schedule early on last year, like playing the Duluth and the North Dakotas. Um, so it's, you know, they, you know, they had, they had to grow and, and, and they did. And then just with the off season, what they were able to accomplish together and just, you know, the natural improvement after from freshman to sophomore and, and sophomore to junior, um, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're seeing, you're, you're seeing how serious this team is about winning, which it's, it's, a, it's something that's, you know, it's noticeable, I guess I'd say. And, and Viggs, um, the winning now eight, no leading the big 10 has vaulted them up to the number one spot in the country. It's been a while since I've been there. Um, I know you always like to say, hey, <laughs> whoa, hold on. We still got a lot of season left. But um, after the kind of years we've had, it's kind of nice to have Minnesota up on top right now. It is nice for this fan base to see. Yes. I mean, they have gone through a lot the last couple of years with the coaching transition, seeing all the distractions in the team. You know, Minnesota was really hit by the early departure syndrome that hit college hockey. And that was something that no one was really prepared for who had a team like Minnesota. And it took a while to figure out how to handle that. And I just felt like Lucia wanted to finish his coaching tenure at the U on a high note and just try to try to make it happen. And it just wasn't, you know, the roster makeup was never quite enough to get over the hump. And it's, it's kind of funny you know, this team, some of these defensemen, they were recruited by Scott Bell and Don Lucia, Mike Genzel, Grant Patoni. Some of those coaches have this roster that's been put together that is the way to win in college hockey. You bring in experienced players who put in their time in junior hockey. You blend them with some late ads like a Ben Myers, a transfer goalie and Jack LaFontaine, who's an older kid now, relatively. And you have a recipe for success and they play great hockey. It's fun to watch. They don't make a lot of mistakes and they still create some offense and their special teams are great. Well, one thing that Randy and I kind of touched on before you jumped on Viggs is that uh, it's going to be an interesting process to decide the teams this year for the NCAA tournament. Um, <laughs> we've got some folks over in the NCHC. We think we should do it one way and another. Um, <laughs> Randy, what are your initial thoughts on all that's going on right now? Well, I, I, you know, Josh Fenton came out in the Grand Forks Herald, um, you know, and he's very good commissioner in that conference, uh, basically uh, saying he, he'd like to see the NCAA, NCAA use a historical look, you know, go back to uh, say uh, when the um, NCHC and the Big Ten came into being in 2013 14 and, uh, go from there and do an average of uh, number of bids. Um, you know, that, that favors hockey East with uh, the average four year, you round up the NCHA, it's four year, the big 10, you round down. It's like just, just above two WCHA is must just above two. So there's are a couple conferences that now are sure to say, no, no, we don't want it that <laughs> way. Um, you know, when you, when you look, um, you know, obviously NCHC has been the power that won the last yeah. four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Big Ten, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, 2018, they, they put uh, three teams in the Frozen Four. Uh, so, you know, there's something to be said about having more than two bids for that conference for sure. And, and you, you look at the WCHA this year, they, they've, they've got some contenders to put more than two in, into the tournament. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think you look at uh, with the ECAC only playing, only having four teams this year. 
you know, maybe they don't get bids. Um, maybe it's a, a, a situation where you're, you give um, Bill Robertson had thrown this out, uh, give um, two bids per conference for, for most conferences and then add in the at large and it's, but it's going to be more subject, subjective this year. You know, you're going to, you're going to have some, you know, since the, the pairwise won't work because there's, you're not yeah. teams playing, playing outside of conference to get the comparisons. Um, yeah, there's, it's going to be, uh, the eye test is going to hold a lot of weight this year, I would think. And Vs, we have heard nothing from the NCAA. We don't even know if they're going to even put on a tournament. Right. They've been very cautious on what the future looks like for mm -hmm. NCAA hockey. I don't think they've even really confirmed that the Frozen Four site is going to be. I think it's Pittsburgh this year. They haven't even confirmed that that's for sure where they're going to be. I know for the Hobie Baker, when we talked to Wally Shaver, he brought that up that that's still kind of unconfirmed, which is kind of awkward being that it's almost January and <laughs> the Frozen Four comes around pretty quick after that. So we'll see. I, I can't see that ECAC making too much hay about getting a lot of their teams involved in the NCAA tournament if it happens. I think Hockey East, it's going to be real challenging for them. They've had so many cancellations and they've had so many missteps on getting their teams to, to play games so you can even get uh, a book of record on them or a book of business as Mike Hastings likes to talk about uh, the, the NCHC, you know, they're beating themselves up. So it's really hard to tell is that fourth or fifth team going to truly be deserving? Cause we haven't seen that team play outside the conference. And yes, I totally understand what Josh Fenton's doing. It's his job to, to hype up that league. And he's done a great job promoting that league as the top league in college hockey. And this team has proven it with their elite teams and the frozen four winning so many titles, but we just don't know the depth of the league. You know, we always know that they have at least three really good teams, you know, but the bottom three teams in that league just haven't been very good lately. So it is going to be curious to see. I'm, I'm still up in the air on how good the big 10 is. We've seen Minnesota be so dominant and Michigan was good early, but then they had some struggles who are the other teams in the Big Ten that we think are the best teams for an NCAA tournament? Well, Wisconsin's the closest right now. Wisconsin's Re playing better than we probably thought they were. Record-wise, they've yeah. been playing better. But I just I haven't seen it on the ice where I know how good they can be. Uh, Caulfield's been very good in the World Junior for the USA team. He's looked good for Wisconsin. But as last year showed us, you know, they struggled at times too. They had a lot of talent, but whether or not they can put it together over a season, we'll see. You know, it's only a snapshot this first half of the season. There's so much to be determined in the second half. And Randy, it's just, it, like Vigo said, you know, if you look at how hockey's, they've had a lot of cancellations. Um, NCHC is going to have a cancellation this weekend. It's, you know, the Big Ten, Wisconsin's had some cancellations. It's just a matter of time before, you know, a team Minnesota plays or Minnesota themselves there's going to be cancellations. This, this is, this is just the beginning. Yeah. It, it's, we're not going to get uh, a nice clean slate. I mean, I, you, you look that the Gophers, the Gophers got through, through the first portion on skates and, and you, you're hesitant, hesitant to pat yourselves or pat themselves in the back situation. Cause you never know what's coming around the corner. You, 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 you look at the women's side of the WCHA, how that's been really decimated. Oh boy. Comparatively. It, it's, you just don't know what's going to happen each week. 
it's a mess. <laughs> we, we do know that the Big Ten is planned in that week at the end of the season for makeups. And I think by them scheduling this back to every weekend sort of format for their teams, they do have some flexibility to fit in extra games here and there if they need to because of cancellations. So I'm, I'm thinking the Big Ten is going to be able to figure this out and have a second half where we can at least have some hockey and get through it. But, you know, if it gets into a team and gets rampant, hockey's a game where you can't be missing too many players. And, you know, the Gophers have already had some injury issues here, and they've had players try to play through it. Sounds like they get McManus back this week, but Weber is going to be gone for the year with that back surgery that he had. Uh, so, you know, there's there's not a lot of wiggle room there on a roster. Well, let's get into that Arizona State series here in a little bit, but first we need to uh, hear from our sponsor. Hey, fellow GPLers, this is Jerry Peters from First Class Mortgage. Interest rates are near all-time lows and property values are on the rise. Lower your interest rate and remove monthly PMI at the same time to save thousands of dollars. Or use the equity in your home for debt consolidation and home improvement. The housing market is still hot, so make sure you're prepared by getting a pre-approval letter from me before you start shopping. Mention you heard about me on the GPL podcast and receive a $300 closing cost credit. Some restrictions do apply. Call me today at 612-940-3291 or visit firstclassmortgage.com to fill out a free online application. My NMLS number is 480200. First Class Mortgages is 322842. This is not an offer to lock into an interest rate agreement under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender. And, of course, we always like to thank Jerry for sponsoring the GPL podcast. He's he signed up for the rest of this season. So uh, we look forward to hearing more from Jerry and uh, use his services. He said quite a few of you have already uh, signed up for, you know, some, some re- either refinancing or getting a new house. So give Jerry Good, good rates out there right now. Well, it's a, good, it's a good economy to refinance a house if you can. It's always good rates. It seems like <laughs> as we get older, the rates just keep going better and better. Down and down and down. I mean, you ask our parents, oh boy. It's a little different. <laughs> In the 80s, like, I, I think I got down to like 9%. And before that, it was like 18. I'm like, holy cow. So take advantage of Jerry there. Um, Viggs, have you seen any uh, good uh, questions in the in the YouTube chat? You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, questions about whether or not the Gophers are going to add anybody to their roster. Uh, <laughs> Jess Myers has been wetting the palate of everybody over this break, hinting at someone who would commit. I, I can share that I know Matthew Kines, or Nyes was interested in maybe joining the U for the second half. He's a player who's already committed. Uh, he's a draft-eligible player. He's playing for Tri-City in the USHL. The USHL has been a tough league to develop in this year with so many cancellations in that league of games. Mm-hmm. I think it's difficult for, for players to kind of find their game. He's struggled a little bit. He, he's only got a couple points so far in the handful of games that he's been able to play. So I think he's looking at, you know, what do I need to do to get back? Uh, didn't really work out as a good fit for him to be at the U for a mid-year player edition. And then there was thoughts of maybe, you know, another uncommitted player coming into the program early who is also a USHL guy. I think that's out the window too. There's just too much going on there to make that move. 
sounds like a transfer is the one coming in. I know he's left his other program and is already in the portal. So those of you on GPL who've seen that thread on players in the portal, uh, this player's in there. Uh, we'll see if it comes <laughs> to and, and, fruition. And these, it's it's not going to be a superstar. It's probably going to no. be an added person on the bench. That's probably dressing if there's problem. I mean, is that realistic right now? It's not somebody coming in to rescue a season. It's not a season rescuer. It's a it's a depth player who wants to be at Minnesota, yep. and it's a player who could fill in and give you a solid player who's going to be able to compete hard and be difficult to play against. You know, when Garrett Boyne talks about this team being a four-check, back-check type team, this is a player that would be that kind of guy. He would add to that. He's not going to be a high-scoring player. Minnesota doesn't really need high-scoring players. They need their high-scoring players to get going. And so True. every time you hear Coach Motsko talk, he's like, we got to get Walker and McLaughlin going. Yep. We're halfway Walker, through. Walker's got a little bit going. He's got a little bit going on the special teams here and there, but I'm I'm still looking for more from him five on five. He's just got so much acceleration and pace when he's on his game, he is picking pockets and he is putting pressure all over the ice. Mm -hmm. I think there's at times where he gets into a little bit of a funk and having McManus on his line to kind of ease that funk and pressure is a really good thing. And I'm interested to see how that line plays against ASU because it's going to be a, a more wide open game. You know, the Sun Devils like to put sun on the offense and not so much on the defense. And it could be a, a fun weekend to watch. Well, it is our favorite time of year because the world juniors are now playing. Um, have you guys been watching it? Randy, you've been catching any of those games? Yeah, I haven't watched every game, uh, but I, I, I've seen all the U S games and uh, you know, the, the rush game was a little, little tough to start. Uh, yeah. They've rebounded. Obviously can't take a whole lot from the Austria game. But uh, uh, the Czech game, uh, you know, quite impressive. I thought they the way they solved that uh, shut down Czech uh, approach, and mm-hmm. then just took over the game in the second period and just rolled. And, and, and Vigs, um, I don't know if you remember going back. You probably do, but you know when it was in, in the '90s, and we'd have these players leave for the World Juniors. They they would come back. They'd be very tired, but they would come back early because. Back then, the U.S. did nothing. They weren't contenders at all. Yeah, it's a little different how much USA Hockey has invested mm-hmm. in developing the under-20 player and how much better American hockey is now for that age group than it used to be. I felt like American hockey, you'd have a handful of guys who were Minnesota high school kids, Michigan high school kids, Massachusetts high school kids who could maybe – turn into a player, but it usually took a while. They weren't really ready on the world stage at 18, 19, 20 years old to compete against the world's best. That's changed. And Minnesota's down or USA's uh, medal favorite all the time. And Minnesota has competition for roster spots on the U S team because there's so many more hockey players now playing and the USHL and the NHL have grown so much that these players have opportunities to develop at that age level. Well, I kind of uh, jump on that. We've got Tim Hapke asking on Twitter. Um, have you guys heard the protocols will be for players returning from the World Juniors? Uh, do they have to be done for two weeks, ten days? What's Do you either, either of you know, Vegas? I reached out to our friend over at uh, Wisconsin Land, 
Todd Molesky. Okay. He heard from Granado that players will expected to come back on Wednesday. They will do a test on Thursday and then a test on Friday. And if they clear those tests, they should be ready for that next weekend. Okay. So while the Big Ten protocol, I think, is a little bit more extended because they've been in this USA hockey testing protocol, they're going to maybe bend the rules. I'm interested to talk to Coach Motsko tomorrow and see mm. if that's what he's expecting the protocol to be. But uh, Todd's going to be writing about that tomorrow in the paper for the Madison uh, Dot com. It, it won't be based on school. It'll be based on league. Because, I mean, you think about that. I mean, all of a sudden you come back next week and Cole Caulfield, Caulfield is back, and then all of a sudden our guys aren't back. I would think that it would be the same protocol for all teams in so. the Big Ten. I, I think that's one of the reasons why ASU is a team that's in the non-conference piece of this schedule is because they're a team that will follow the protocols. Mm-hmm. So I think we can expect the players to be back if they test negative those couple days, but but we'll see. Boy, it's a fun time of the year, though. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. This, I, I, this tournament is has become just gigantic. I mean, really, in the last ten years, it's just it's just ramped up because it's on TV a lot more now than it was back in the day. But it's really ramped up, and it also helps that Team USA has been competitive too. Yeah, I think it's too bad that Austria and Germany and Switzerland don't have great teams this year. So we're seeing a lot of blowouts in the games. And that's just not good for anybody. You know, if anyone's unfamiliar with the World Junior Tournament, the way teams get promoted and relegated is, you know, the last place finishers for one year go down to the, the next pool. And the top teams from the pool below come up into the championship pool. And, you know, if you have a great player for one of those teams, like um, a Stutzel or Drysdale, you know, your team can go up. But if they go to the NHL and they don't keep playing or, you know, the, the group below them isn't very good, that country can get blown out the next year and get relegated. So it's a it's a tricky thing when we get to the knockouts. I think it'll be more exciting and more competitive and a lot more fun to watch. And that's that's coming up pretty soon here. I think we've got our last games of the pool play tomorrow. And then they'll get in the medal round play. And it's going to be fun to watch. I think the U.S. with their goaltending, if they can get that figured out, it'll be good uh, yeah. TV. Well, let's move <clears throat> Excuse me, back. I've got to Hockey Fan 2020 asking yesterday. We'll throw this towards you, Randy. Uh, do we have any word on attendance at the games this year? Or is the U going to keep it shut down the entire year? Oh, I, I, I think that's really dependent on Governor Walls. <clears throat> yeah. I, I think it's it's going to be shut down until, until the state lifts it. Um, you know, right now, uh, you know, earlier, like this summer, they, they were allowing stuff Canterbury and then the, the, the state stadium, you know, uh, but mm-hmm. everything's locked down so tight that uh, you're not anything indoor. I mean, you know, you, you look at the high schools now, you know, uh, players are going to have to be wearing masks uh, playing hockey. That's, uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, Viggs, I know she kind of smiled about that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I've been coaching youth hockey all year, and I have to wear a mask because I'm coaching, and I've had my kids wearing masks. And, you know, I've gone for my runs wearing masks because the trails can be kind of crowded sometimes, and I do think some of it's overblown. If you're having trouble breathing through a mask, to me, I think, you know, there could be some asthma things that you should go see your doctor about. (laughs) I, I don't, it's a little bit annoying because of the humidity and how wet masks can get. But yeah. if you're wearing that, I, I think it's a little bit of an overblown thing. 
you know, some of the things we've been seeing about hockey rinks and uh, transmission and some of the cases that have come out, you know, it's pretty compelling stuff. And we're so close to having vaccines and, you know, the hospital capacity to take care of everyone. Just be patient and please, <laughs> please cooperate, people. I be, I want to be back in the rink so bad, and I want to see the players playing these games. And, you know, we just have to – we're getting close. To see the case numbers come down like they have over the holidays in Minnesota has been um, nice to see. And the pause is lifting here for youth sports, and the kids will be on the ice again. It'll be, it'll be nice to see them get back out there. I actually – you know, now that it's cold out – you know, when you're inside Target or something else and you come outside and you got your mask on, it's not so bad because you're not as cold. <laughs> well, we were at the Oval uh, just yesterday during the snowstorm skating around. Oh, jeez. And, uh, you know, it was nice to have the mask on during the snowstorm. We just needed the goggles and we would, we'd be able to skate all night. Oh, I, I was outside for that Jupiter-Saturn thing and that was a cold night. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad I have this thing on because I need the mask because I was freezing cold. I was so cold. <laughs> Um, another question, hockey fan twenty twenty. Uh, well, <laughs> he's pretty positive. He thinks he's looking at the team going fifteen and five. I- I'm not sure, Randy. This team's ready to go fifteen and five. They're going to have some definite bumps in the road, but uh, I-, I-, I do see it hard for other teams to maybe catch up to Minnesota since they've had such a good start. Yeah, they- they've built a nice lead. Uh, you know, it's it's one bad weekend and it can go away, but they've built a good lead. Um, you're going to see adversity here. You know they, they haven't trailed. They haven't. They haven't allowed a power play goal. Yeah. Those things, they'll 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 fix something. You know sooner or later here they'll 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 be behind in the game. I don't think it would be time to panic necessarily if they lose lose a game or two. Um, no, nah, it's 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 hockey. You know this yeah. this isn't. Uh, you know, I don't think this is that uh, that that main team with Paul Korea that what was their <laughs> record. You know. Two or three losses all year. I forget the exact number, but yeah, it's they're they'll face adversity, and, and I think that could be a good thing too. Well, I don't think we'll see Lafontaine with a nine six five all season. No, I mean that's he's played really outstanding, and he's a good blend of being technical and being athletic. But even those top technical goalies will have an off night here and there. And we, we might see that at some point, but and, he's been very steady. And uh, But also think of this, because the team defense in front of him has been much better. I mean, you've been talking about all this season about these defensemen. They're more patient. They look. They make the smart play out of the zone when they need to. There's not a lot of those, you know, coming into the offensive zone, blue line, uh, giveaways that we know you really hate, Vegas. I mean, so th- the team defense is doing much better than previous years. Yeah, I think uh, Rabs hit it on the head when he said they're playing a 160-foot game because they don't have to worry about that last 40 feet because their defensemen are so quick on puck retrievals and they're so adept at checking their shoulder, knowing where the pressure is, and skating away from it. So often in the last couple of years we've seen go for defensemen do the shoulder check, but it's almost like they were just doing that to show that they could do it <laughs> rather than learn from it. You know, really great players, when they look over and they see that snapshot of the ice, they don't have to think about it very much. They just get to the puck and they know what they saw and they know where to go and they know their first option and they're able to get the puck moving the other direction. 
And that's been so impressive to see this year is how smoothly they get out. And I think also we've seen the centers be connected with the D and that helps because if you can start your offensive breakout with three players below the dots, all in sync and in the right spacing, it makes it so much easier for everybody else. And to see them be able to do that game in and game out has been impressive. The times they've gotten in trouble, you know, it's maybe being too quick to get the puck into the scoring areas in the offensive zone. And that gets the puck going the other way. And then they have to play defense, but we haven't seen the issues at the offensive blue line where they turn the puck over and it goes the other way or their own blue line, you know, failing to get out. And at the opposite end, Randy, their forecheck has been much improved this year. They're doing it smarter or they're even putting the puck in better areas where they know they can get to it. Yeah. It, it's just all around, you know, they've had the puck so much this year. Yes. You look at the face-offs. Um, how, how much they've improved in that in that area, and that it just flows throughout the game. Um, you know, they're the only game, the only series that they had a little trouble that was Michigan State because Michigan State's really good on on, on the dot. Uh, but they figure out a way to, to negate that, and uh, basically, uh, you know, stuck right with them uh, after after a little str- struggles. But uh, yeah, the, the the entire package has, has been uh, fun to watch this year. I mean, it just seems they're like like Vig was saying, they're they're reacting, then they're not having to think about what their next step is. And they're anticipating on that forecheck. You know, they're on the puck before the puck is moving to that space because they understand the forechecks and the aggressiveness needed. I think so many times in Bob's first year, there'd be two players on the puck, which kills your forecheck because now you've got two players out of the play and you've got four or five coming at your remaining three. You don't see that anymore. The first guy knows that he's the first guy and he's four checker F1 and he's there. F2 knows where to go. F3 is there. And the D know how to pinch and the fours know how to cover. It's just, it's fun to watch because we haven't seen it for a while mm-hmm. and they've, they've got it going right now. And now we've got Arizona state coming into town. The Arizona playing every game on the road this year, just to help out the big 10. I know Viggs, you kind of joked earlier that, uh, well, if we, we, we'll just slide them into last place this year because, uh, you know, if we were to put them in there, they're going to end up last place. But I don't think they'd be in last place right now, Viggs. They're playing pretty well. They've played pretty well. They've caught some teams like Wisconsin when they had their COVID issues and had the short lineup. But I think one of the things that can keep ASU in games over a season is they can score goals. You know, they've got a lot of veteran players who have either transferred in or committed late who are developed players. That allows ASU to compete right now. And I think that's the big worry for the Gophers right now is because they are still missing their three defensemen who are going to be at the World Juniors, Mm -hmm. not back for the series. You know, that concerns you. We saw last year in the ASU-Minnesota series where there are a lot of penalties, a lot of special teams time. Mm -hmm. That could be a challenge this series. So it'll be interesting to see what Minnesota is able to do. If they play the game that they played in the first half where they don't turn the puck over and they don't take bad penalties, it should be an easy weekend for them. But it's college hockey, and these are young <laughs> kids, so you never know. And that's why the game's so fun. And, and, Randy, Arizona State does not want to get into a special teams game with Minnesota. I mean, we've seen the power play doing pretty well. The, the penalty kill is even – I mean, obviously they haven't given up a goal yet, but they're, they're bound to, but – um, this is not somewhere Arizona State wants to go into. Yeah, I, I was on the uh, the Zoom call yesterday with uh, Greg Powers, their coach, and th- he's 
basically said exactly what you said. It's like just saying the Gophers uh, special teams have just been out, out of this world, and that's something that they don't they want don't want to have to face those situations as much. Uh, uh, the the thing this weekend is they uh, they're hopeful, not certain they'll, that they'll get uh, Johnny Walker back. Um, he's their leading scorer. Who, uh, he, uh, he Power said he'll be back for sure for the Notre Dame series the following week, uh, but there's a chance he's back for this one. So that would be a big boost to that lineup. Um, they've, they've cobbled together uh, with, with uh, some different folks, but uh, I'm sure they, they want to have Walker in there if they can. Go ahead. Yeah, they were, they were missing him last year in the series against Minnesota. And there was a lot of hype about ASU, you know, being a tournament team coming to Mariucci and it just wasn't an impressive weekend. I think a lot of Minnesota fans were saying, you know, I'll be happy if Minnesota and Arizona State don't play again because the games got chippy and kind of out of hand. And I think part of that was Johnny Walker was missing for that weekend. With him back in, you'd think Arizona State could be a different team. And and Sean Doogie, who's had a lot of good weekends against Ooh, Minnesota over his career, is, in there, about him. <laughs> is on their roster. So he'll be a fun player to, to see play against Minnesota because I'm sure he'll be excited for the weekend. Okay, so they have a go ahead. They have a local kid, um, uh, Jax Murray, who's played pretty well for him too. Uh, Elk River kid, uh, he, he's got, uh, I believe it's uh, five goals and three assists on, on the air. So he's he, he was looking. I talked to him earlier. He, he's looking forward to get back here, even though he won't be able to see his family as much as uh, he'd like. But uh, it's you know the whole COVID issue. Okay, so from the fans' perspective here, Viggs, has Arizona gotten any cleaner in their play? Because, you know, there were the, the couple times that played I me, mean, you got a little bad last year, but, you know, even before that, we had some guys sticking out some knees and, and things like that, and it, it has not been very clean from the Arizona State side. No, and they've they've taken some bad penalties this year, too. Okay. So it's it's been something, you know, I'm not going to say it's a character problem with a program or anything like that, but sometimes when you got guys who have been mean, passed like over. North Dakota? Like, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when you've got guys who have been passed over for a while, you know, there's some – reasons for that where they're gonna meet out some punishment when they get frustrated we'll see what happens you know if the game's close i don't think we'll see that kind of stuff if it gets out of hand maybe we will you know they're they're a program that wants to make their mark and show that they belong and can compete in this kind of game so and compete in this cool conference and compete in this conference because this is a team that that fits uh financial wise i know pat nicoletti when we had him on didn't like the fit geographically or hockey historic, you know, <laughs> reasons, but, you know, in terms of money and the kind of institution ASU is, you know, they're a fit as an eighth team for the big 10. You know, they've got plenty of money, plenty of facilities. Heck, I mean, they're on a 40 day road trip here for yeah. the hockey program, all while doing COVID testing. You know, they want to be in the big 10, you know, they're building that facility that's going to be ready in two years. They want to be at this level. And Randy, I, you know the strip wants to send you down to Arizona State at some point. <laughs> they, they have I, to. I would hope so. They must. I mean, that's only you know, fair. Actually, when Mike Russo was working for us, he did a big. Um, it, must, it was probably involved when when they were when the Wild was down playing the Coyotes, but he did a big uh, takeout uh, piece on, on the Sun Devils as they, as they were mm-hmm. turning. But yeah, hey, I'm 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 uh, I'm up for that trip. <laughs> I know we said we do our GPL podcast from. Yeah, we're gonna do it from Jeremy's yes. house. ASU, yeah, we'll do it from Jeremy's house, maybe Bacardio's house. One of the two. 
couple former rooms that uh, we, Viggs and I played with hockey with. Now living down in the Phoenix area, bunch of jerks. Jeez. Oh, so, so I've got a hockey that? rink across the street from my house, though. I love it here. That is one thing I think that our boy Jeremy doesn't like. There you go. Finding ice down in Arizona is not easy. He probably he should just hang up his skates because he sucks anyway. But I'm taking personal shots. I shouldn't do that. Um, well, let's get your predictions on the weekend here, guys. Uh, Randy, you know, we got Arizona State. They're not a bad team. Minnesota's got some defensemen gone. Everyone's had some quite a bit of time off here. Uh, how do you predict this? Ah, put me on the spot here. I mean, well, duh. <laughs> do, do much on, on a prediction. Um, I'll go, uh, I'll go the, 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 the train keeps running here. Um, yeah. I'll go, um, four, one, three, two. Go for some. Well, he's giving scores even. <laughs> we don't, we don't usually do that, Randy. <laughs> oh, well, hey. I'm, I'm, this is not for gambling purposes. <laughs> All right, Viggs. Yeah, ga- gambling's illegal at Bushwood, and I always. Oh boy! Don't. It's not smart to gamble on college kids. They're so unpredictable. So, I do think the train keeps rolling as well. I I thought maybe Michigan would steal some points from the Gophers. I thought Michigan State might be able to steal some points. Ohio State. I've been kind of hedging my bets a little bit here and there. But I was impressed with the way Minnesota played against Michigan without their top three defensemen. You did I, call that sweep against Michigan, though. I did. I did. I had to do it because Michigan was missing so many players as well. But I think against ASU, Minnesota is going to be too much on the big ice. I think yeah. last year when ASU played, it just wasn't a fair fight. And uh, <laughs> Minnesota looked head and shoulders above uh, the Sun Devils. I think we might see something like that again this weekend. The, the key thing is is the layoff. You know, how do players come on, off of it? Uh, it can be kind of tricky because I know Minnesota took a bunch of days off going into the Christmas holiday because that's when they're going to do their break. They've tried to ramp up practices, I think, leading up to this weekend. McManus has been playing without a cross on his jersey. So McManus is back. In. McManus He's is back. back. He's going to be in the availability tomorrow. So that's probably a good sign of his health. I think he's a key player to get McLaughlin and Walker going. Uh, he just yeah. adds a little something to that drink and can stir it. So I think we'll see. Uh, we will probably see one of these games get out of hand. I could see like a five, <laughs> five or six, one type game. I think we'll get one game that could be, you know, three, one, you know, two, nothing, something like that. Um, I think we probably would see that the second night. Yeah. I think yeah. that first night Minnesota might come out buzzing and then could get out of hand. But that ne- second night, it's hard to sweep in college hockey because the other team gets their pride true tarnished and they want to get back and they play a little bit harder for some reason. Well, of course, I'm going to sweep. I'm going to sweep. They're, it's going to be a sweep. Of course, I'm going to pick that. But but I uh, I lost my train of thought there. But I'll just go in and sweep. But I do it's think like, like, you know Minnesota with their penalty kill – I think I've tweeted about this, written about it a little bit. The way they're rolling their top three pairs of forwards, I think, is so key to that unit. You know, they started with Myers and Nelson a lot of the times. Those are two guys who can win faceoffs. They come back with McLaughlin and Walker, who have so much speed. If, especially if you get them out there against a tired top power play unit, they can just put the pressure on. And I think that's when Walker and McLaughlin play their best, is when they can pressure 
and they've done such a good job of it. Well, I remember I was going to say, I was going to get my Jess Myers question in. Is LaFontaine ever going to hit the bench? No need now. Not now when you got your back to two games a weekend. You know, that was kind of the opening. I think the only way you do it now is if he has a game where he starts off poorly in the first period and you want to get Mo in there and, and see what he can do. But, I mean, the way all the chips have been pushed at the table, LaFontaine looks like the guy and this is his net to lose. I just want to cause a controversy. I just want to get uh, people going. I'm excited to see what Jess's question is for Bob that, that gets him going tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> it's probably going to be about this transfer coming in. He's probably going to say the wrong oh, thing. Boy. And it's going to be awkward and fun on the Zoom. It will be. It will be. Hey, Randy, so you you, you got another email coming out tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I've got a puck drop uh, newsletter coming out uh, tomorrow. i still got some work to do on it tonight uh, and, and, and in the morning. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's got some good stuff in there. There's going to be some. I wrote on uh, wrote on Arizona State. I mm-hmm. I um, on um, uh, discussing the uh, uh, NCAA tournament selection. You know what uh, on there and or not going on and you know how how uh, yeah line, lines are being drawn a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll you know and we'll have some wild stuff. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's we got it. It's a good amount of stuff in there. It's. Um, and you got to subscribe to get it in your inbox. Yes. Oh, uh, again, it's uh, startribune.com slash puck drop sign up. All one word. And it's free. Um, it, what happens is you're, you'll, the uh, number of our free articles you get per month, you, you'll, you'll be, that'll count however many you read off yeah. this. You'll count toward that. Yeah, yeah we, we'd love for you to, people to subscribe. I mean, that's, we're doing this is, is you know. <laughs> We're a business. We're trying to, you know, get people to buy our product. Oh, I'm looking I at get my life. subscription. I, I enjoy. I enjoy what you guys put together. And Thank you. I appreciate the extra hockey coverage. Well, I'm seeing it. Sean Sullivan. Love the puck drop newsletter. Uh, Jason Enberg. Me too. I love reading puck drop emails. So uh looks like we've it's got guys who already subscribe. I know thanks I get it the, uh, all the time as well. So, well, thanks just for joining us, Randy. It's having, having ah, you on the podcast for the first time. Yeah, this is good. It's good to... Good to talk hockey. I, I'm learning stuff from you guys, and uh, you know it's uh, there's a lot of you know, it's, and it's nice you know to have a team that's uh, doing this well to yeah. you know drum up a lot of uh, interest. That's for sure. <laughs> Vings, are you working on anything yourself? Or are you not at it? the moment? Well, not no, at the moment. There's some things it was, in it the wasn't holiday break, so yeah, there's some things you know in the in the toolbox that we're working on right now, but nothing quite yet. Okay, uh, we'll have some stuff for GPLers, and and we'll see what happens here the rest of the way. If uh, the Gophers keep winning, there could be some other opportunities to to publish some stories I've been working on. So stay tuned. All right, all right then. Well, that's going to do it for this week's GPL podcast. I want to thank Randy for coming on with us. And uh, next week, you know, we'll be uh, recapping the ASU series and previewing the series with Bucky Badger. Oh boy. For those of you listening live, stay tuned for a little bit over time. Uh, for the rest of you, we'll be back next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Bye.